The time is 7pm. The date is May 27th. The host is Wilma Dickfit. The podcast is Flying Scissors Solo. Manchester United Football Club. Hmm. The biggest game of the Sulkshire Zoom boils down to playing a team that are seventh in La Liga and are managed by a guy Arsenal chose to pick Mikel Arteta, the guy who put the cones out for Pep's training sessions over. Hmm. The squad values are about as far away as can possibly be. Villarreal off a season where they were good. They've had a good season. Jared Moreno has been admittedly extremely impressive. But at the same time, they weren't good enough to qualify for the competition they were in the final of. The previous game against Arsenal in the semi-final, the second leg is confidently the worst game of football I have watched in the last 10 years. So, understandably, my confidence was high going into the Europa League final. It's not a competition I'm massively invested in. I won't lie. From from an emotional standpoint... Uh, but from a financial one, this time I was fairly levved up. Uh, on, on the evening, I did lose a significant amount of money on Manchester United. We won't talk about it. It'll only make me angry. But over the course of what was a fourfold future called the God Quad uh, that featured the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, Manchester City to win the Champions League, France to win the Euros, and Manchester United to win the Europa League. I have become quite a fan of this Europa League venture we went on. Uh, because in every game, seemingly no matter uh, the opposition, we just went out and said, fuck it. We'll just, just go out and just kick ball. See what happens. Very much uh, the Solskjaer mould. Uh, no actual tactics in place. But... Obviously, just vibes. So, given the success that we've had in the competition this year, given how easy a run we've had, and how much fun the actual games have been, the first Roma game was pretty much sums up the Shulkshire regime. No no tactics in play whatsoever. Just individual brilliance. Uh just winning us the game two absolutely massive defensive lapses for no fucking reason but just individual brilliance carried us and the players just all just did their own thing when then in the bigger game against arguably the worst side uh, Roma and Villarreal obviously similar levels of competition why then would you play the most negative, contained style of football I've ever seen? And for anyone crediting Unai Emery, uh, 
Fuck up. Has nothing to do with Unai Emery always having a game plan for the big occasion. That's not the reason why United lost that game. United lost that game because their fucking PE teacher they call a manager waited until the 100th minute of an association football match in which he was allowed five subs to make his first. And it was to bring off Mason Greenwood who in the last three months has been the best player on the team and it hasn't been close to bring on fucking Fred. Not Donny van de Beek. Who, you know, was a £35 million signing under his regime. Who has received about 70 minutes of football this year. But was man of the match last week. Fucking Fred. And his other big tactical genius moves on the night. Were instead of, you know, trying to play for the win in fucking regulation time. Was to bring on two fucking penalty takers. He saved two subs. To bring on penalty takers. Including a set piece specialist left back. Are you fucking mental? Marcus Rashford had literally. I'm not kidding. The worst performance. I've ever seen. In a United shirt. He was absolutely horrific. It's ironic, given what he does on, 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 his, on his day-to-day lifestyle, because his fucking play style is poverty. He is an absolute boomer bust nonsense footballer. No end product. Thinks he's fucking Ronaldo. He's an absolute chump. But yet, good publicity. We'll still play Marcus. He's a nice guy. Guy can't play football. I, I don't give a fuck. How many times on this on this wonderful sporting podcast have I talked about Marcus Rashford's pathological need to beat the fullback until the fullback can recover? About Marcus Rashford's complete lack of understanding the game, of end product, of clinicality. But he's half fit. Don't fucking play him then. As a manager, you took you took the necessary precaution to not play your £80 million centre-half in a final. So how could you not play your temperamental 22-year-old left-winger? Why would you not leave him on the bench? He actually might have made an impact as a substitute. We all know how much I love fresh legs. Full credit to VRL. They, they implemented their game plan probably, uh, perfectly. Uh... For people saying, you know, it wasn't parking the bus. To talk shit, it was. They played for penalties when they were 1-0 up. But United didn't do anything about it. United have multiple supposedly world-class players didn't do anything about it. I mean, Bruno Fernandes dropped a 2 out of 10 in the final. Starting to think I might have been right about that guy. You know, yes, he can, he can, he can do it all he wants against Fulham when they leave him eighteen acres of space to just pick them apart. But he's kind of like the anti-Pogba. 
Pogba when he's pressed is the best midfielder in the world but when he's in space is shit but Bruno when he's in space is unbelievable but when he's pressed goes to fucking nothing guy hates contact and more more fucking importantly riddle me this how is the mentality monster of Bruno Fernandes crying after losing a fucking Europa League final fucking grow up you're 26 mate you're 26 and have won seriously nothing in your career you should you should be used to this by now another trophy this season is just part and parcel with you my friend so don't fucking gurn and try and make yourself look like oh it just means so much more to him in the same way people going Scott McTominay really showed up when we needed him last night really really that guy he showed up and he showed a bit of heart you know what it doesn't fucking matter when he's not good at football. He can run around like a headless chicken all he wants. But when he sprays passes about the place like trying to fucking piss with a heart on, then I don't really give a fuck. He's absolute dog shit. The whole mid... Honestly, the whole club except Luke Shaw can get burnt to the fucking studs. What the fuck was last night? Honestly, if David De Gea had faced 140 penalties, I genuinely don't think he was saving any. The fucking limp-wristed, confidence-lacking, mohawk, fucking Spanish, Eurovision girlfriend-having gimp. Honestly, we all thought the fax machine did us a favour. The old Trafford fax machine has a lot to fucking answer for these last four years. Because that guy has gone to fucking shit. I don't care if his heart's in Madrid. His fucking hands aren't in net. The guy has no arms anymore. Fair play to Villarreal. Clearly knew what the objective was. And all their penalty takers were absolutely excellent. Francis Coquelin's penalty gave me a hard on. I, I, I can't lie. What an unbelievable showcase from them. I mean, if Luke Shaw had missed the penalty... We would never have to have this De Gea discussion. And I'd probably look like a right fart for St. Paul on Shaw all season. But Shaw was great last night. And has been unbelievable all season. So I don't think if he had a missed, you could have put any of the blame on his shoulders. I think, in fairness, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, after, you know, give, being given credit for, for this this progress progress in inverted commas Manchester United have made uh, in the last three years pro prog fucking do me a favour progress fuck up pro progress Jesus Christ uh, you'd think he would have come out and said you know what that was my bad you know apparently not making any substitutes uh, in an association football game where you try and implement a, a fast attacking style high press. I'm giving him credit for that. I think it's just the players that go out and do that. I don't think he sets them up in any particular way. But yet, progress in the United. You'd think he'd come out and go, you know what? It's on me. I bottled another one. That's four semi-finals and a final now. All of them successfully bottled. But no. No. All you going to suck, Sharp? came out and said yeah we went second in the penalty shootout but it was Bruno's decision
You fucking spineless Norwegian coward. Everyone said, when I said this time last year, that Solskjaer is literally only doing this to save his own fucking job. He, everyone's saying, oh, but he knows the club and he loves the club. He's doing it to save his own fucking arse. Grow up. Grow fucking up. If anything this season has, if this season has showed you anything, know that no one in football gives a fuck about anything but their own self-interest. So let's not talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's fucking love of the club. Immediately, his first port of call in losing his biggest game as United manager was to cover his own arse. In a game that he fucking blundered. Don't get me wrong, why the fuck did Bruno choose to go second? Maybe because he's an egomaniac that loves the spotlight more than he actually loves being good at football. But, sure. When you, when you build a team of guys that believe they're Cristiano Ronaldo, and none of them are Cristiano Ronaldo, you're going to cause some issue. There's too many fucking egos in that team from rank average players. But it's alright because we built around enigmatic striker Edison Cavani who's 34. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because Radamel Falco and Zlatan Ibrahimovic didn't sting you in any way. Didn't sting you in any way. Didn't stunt the didn't stunt the, the growth of existing players at the club. Didn't do that. No. Playing, playing a 34 year old who's finished playing for a paycheck. Don't get me wrong. Cavani was excellent in the competition. Really, really good in the Europa League this year. Did everything right. It's scoring for fun at the minute. But the point still stands. That you can't build a front line. Around a player you have for max a year and a half. But, of course, that's that's part of the long term vision. Oh wait! No it's not. It's part of a manager saving his own arse. But all this progress, this fucking progress United have made, oh, we're so set up for the future with one of the dustiest teams in world football and we don't know who we're getting in the summer and we don't know who the fuck's going in the summer. I'd say of of the team this year, you can point to Luke Shaw as an actual world-class option. Bruno Fernandes was great the first half of the season. But also, in any big game he's played for United, he's been fairly trunks. Greenwood's been great second half of the season. But he was great second half of last year too. And you just know there's going to be a story coming out of him and Magaluf this summer that's going to completely tank his August to October next year. And his confidence is going to be in the fridge and we'll redo it all over again. But of course, you know, made a lot of progress. The team only plays well when we have fucking nothing to play for. Has no one, no one's worked that out. Yeah, we won a lot of games in the league this year. We never had to play for anything. Except around Christmas time when we had a realistic chance of making a league run and we failed to fucking pieces. But no, one, no one wants to remember that. People just see second in the league and assume, oh, progress, higher than last year. You forget the team ahead of us, our greatest historical rivals, by the way. Another team, playing red, pretty good, an actual fucking manager, by the way, had half their team injured the whole fucking year and kept pace with the rest of the pack. 
qualified for Champions League next year and are going to be a real fucking issue come next season. You forget that a Chelsea team that were anchored down by a historically inefficient Timo Werner this year who will be backed to some sort of semblance of full form next year or they're going to play Havertz in a false nine and then we're in deep trouble. But we'll forget about that even though they were anchored by fucking fat Frank Lampard for a full a full half a season. But they're, they're not an issue because we were ahead of them in the league. They managed to make the run in the Champions League we should have fucking had. And before you say, oh no, but you came on the podcast and said, uh, yeah, but oh, the Champions League group's really hard. Uh, you're, you're probably not going to get through it. Correct. I did. Champions League group was extremely difficult. Never get that wrong. That was an absolutely nightmarish Champions League group that had you told me at the start of the year we would have got, I would have been very sceptical about our chances to get through. However, once again, when no pressure was on the team and they thought, oh, United have a group of, tri- United have a group of death, they're out already. What happens? They play themselves into a position where there's actual pressure on and then the real fun begins. Then they fall to fucking pieces. Again. Again. Any fucking time there's been any pressure on this club in the last three years under that dork. Fall to pieces. Why do you think we keep beating Pep? Because no one fucking expects us to. We're so far behind that there's no pressure on this club to actually win those games. They can just go out and win the games. When there's the semblance of pressure, i.e. when there's home fans on their backs, which is why they failed to shit the season before, that's when they fall to pieces. Because their coach, instead of fucking lining a team up, setting them up tactically and allowing them to, you know, progress as a team, progress as a system. He just fucking sends them out there to do whatever the fuck they like. Which is why, at the start of the season, he was tactically outclassed by Roy Hodgson. By Graham Potter. In a game that Brighton should have beat us about 12-0. Which is why he was out He was literally not in the same universe as Julian Nagelsmann. In a game where RB Leipzig should have scored 17 goals just from their left flank. Angelino could have broke the single fucking season goal record for left backs in that one fucking game. Because our manager just sends the boys out there to have a good time. The Istanbul Bashakakashkashir goal. Where the high press was in fucking Newtonards and we were in Turkey. What the fuck? Is a team supposed to do? Pointing at individuals is pointless. Because yes, many players dropped absolute steaming turds last night. Do not get me wrong. And they have done consistently anytime they're asked to actually perform in big games. Marcus Rashford shrivels up whenever he gets to a big game. And that might be because he's the charitable man's Aaron Lennon. But still... As his fucking manager, it's your job to whenever he drops a fucking shit piece in the biggest game of the season, to haul him the fuck off the pitch. 
But no, you were worried about penalties. Against a team that finished 7th in La Liga and you were a massive favourite against, you were worried about penalties. It was your sole fucking objective the whole game was to put your, essentially your season, at the hands of a lottery. Because you know, pure luck stands you in better stead than actually having to put your tactical cojones on the line. Because you don't have any. Yep. He's a great wee guy. Scored a nice goal once. One of the flukier goals in history. But. Scored a goal once. You'd think for a fucking career substitute he'd know how to use one. You'd think for a guy that knew what it was like. To waste away the prime of your career. On a bench. Behind players who were vastly superior to you. You'd actually be managed be managing to, you know, implement bringing in players like Ahmad Diallo who actually have talent over fucking competition winner Daniel James. You'd think you'd bring in guys with a bit of talent and a bit of, you know, a bit of drive in the midfield. Bit of culture. Bit of footballing ability. And more importantly, a bit of experience playing in actually high-level football matches in Donny van de Beek. But no, you bring on Fred. Should you bring on Fred? Sure up the game. You don't, you don't want us to lose out on penalties after all. When you're putting your entire season on the line to a lottery, you don't want you don't want the risk. What what would have happened if if Alex Tellez, set piece taking left back, hadn't been able to come on as an emergency substitute? Like what would have happened there? God forbid. What would have happened if Fred didn't get to come on and hit a pen instead of probably best teenage finisher I've ever seen? Mason Greenwood but you know such is life such is life sure Jose bad wee guy that Jose get him get him gone get him out of my club Jose Mourinho you bad man ooh I hate you Jose Mourinho you're a bad manager you only managed to win the Europa League and finish second like Talking about progress, we sacked the manager off a better season than this. He had a better season than this. We deemed him surplus to requirements. With managerial pedigree on his side and with actual fucking success at the club on his side. Don't get me wrong, this isn't a Jose Marine this isn't a I love Jose Mourinho rant. But by what standards is Ole ever going to get fucking rid of? We made no progress this year. We did not get better. Teams around us got worse. Liverpool got massively injured. They'll be back in their place next year, overtaking us. Chelsea are a better team now than we are. They're going to add to that in the summer... And they will be a better team than us. They also still might win the Champions League this year. City have played the entire season without a fucking striker. They're going to add one of those in the summer. And they are going to be so far ahead of us. It actually might kill me. 
if we have the dream transfer window, if we add Varane, Sancho, Rice and Kane, which would cost about £300 million, we are still behind the curve. Plus, how are we getting those players in? When they're going to be in meetings with fucking the Contes of the world, who's, I think, probably going to end up at PSG. Allegri has just accepted the Juve job. Madrid are going to have a new gaffer. Zidane's going to go somewhere. What the fuck is this Norwegian clown going to say to these players to get them to come to Manchester United? Oh, come to us, lads. I'll let you make all my fucking decisions for me. I'll never have the balls to fucking challenge you on anything. So come here and essentially just fucking do whatever the fuck you like. Whenever the fuck you like. And yep, yeah, we'll have a great time. We'll score four goals in a game. Because lo and behold, this fucking team's fan base. And well, when was the last time When was the last time you saw us score four goals in a game? Done it loads this year. Who gives a flying fuck? Is the, unless we're in the four goals a game cup. I don't give a flying fuck. Four goals a game against shit teams doesn't win leagues. As much as I want us to beat the shit teams, I want us to be able to play when there's a chance we might actually win something. I want us to be able to play when there's pressure. That's so hard to fucking think about. For a team of supposedly seasoned internationals, with the great leadership of our manager and captain tandem, hand in hand, you'd think, you know, these guys will be able to fucking win. Win when the pressure's on. I mean, the solution to ban Harry Kane seems a bit worse with that thesis, but I, I honestly despair. The fact people can walk away from this season as Manchester United fans and say, that, that was good. It makes me physically ill. Yes, we lost the City in the Carling Cup. They are the best Carabao Cup, Carling Cup, EFL Cup team of all time. I won't hear anything otherwise. They are phenomenal in that competition. Then, very realistic chance to win the FA Cup. I don't give a fuck. But there was a very good chance of making a Champions League run this year. And there was a very, very good chance of making a league run. But as soon as the pressure came on, what happens? Fall to fucking pieces. And you can say it's against good teams. You can say it's against really good teams that are better than us. It's not true. It's not fucking true, is it? Because VRL have one good player. Danny Perreault's great. I like Danny Perreault a lot. They have one good to great player. Pau Torres is vastly overrated. If we sign him, I'm going to jump off a cliff. But vastly overrated. Uh, I mean... Our superstar midfield getting fucking dominated by a pack of Spurs and Arsenal rejects. Doesn't look great. Eddie and Capu fucking pocketed every midfielder on the pitch. Uh, Juan Foyth. 
The guy scored about eight OGs in one game, if I recall. Yeah, the worst FPL day of all time. I can remember that for an absolute fact. Guy's a fucking arse. Their goalkeeper's 5'8", tops. Geronimo really gets t- gets shorter every time I fucking think about him. Oh. Tell you what, he looked the fucking giant in that shootout compared to our fucking pissant. Oh. I know what everyone's thinking. Nas been waiting on this for Nas been waiting all this on season. He's wanted to rant about Ollie for ages. Correct. I was confident in this game. I thought this. I'm not confident in him, but I thought this Villarreal team are fucking trunks. Without Samuel Chucky Wazy, notoriously tricker, notoriously tricky winger Samuel Chucky Wazy, I thought great chance playing Yeremy guy's ass. Also, his name is Yeremy. I hate that guy. But played us off the park. Wasn't even close. Didn't even make it look close. Like three shots on target from a team that has had so much money sunk into it, has had so much time. I don't care about money anymore in terms of football. How much time have we sunk into this football club? It's not working. Marcus Rashford isn't suddenly becoming this clinical footballer we all need him to be. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't have a tactical mindset all of a sudden. It's not working. But, you know, we'll be back in August. We'll be back in August. We'll win two of the first three and we'll be talking about a league charge. I I fucking, I can't stand it. It's the most miserable thing ever is to be a United fan. And constantly, because I am a gambling addict, have to back my own team. I'm not. I'm never gonna bet against Manchester United. I sunk so much money into them last night that it honestly it makes me feel sick. Best news is Moldy are losing tonight. This is the time. All you gonna suck, shot. Do the right thing. Go home. Go fucking manage Moldy. That's your level, you clown. They they need you. They're losing to Valaranga. That's that's not. You need to sort that out, Ollie. You can go over and. Had them whipped into a Norwegian Cup winning side by 2028. I'm I'm telling you, I believe in you. I'm finished. I mean, I'm ready to go into the Euros. I'm so sick of having to think about this fucking absolute bastardized team. In terms of the season, fuck me. People calling this season a success. In what way? Like, in what way was this season a success? I genuinely... I can't think of any way I look at this season and think, that was good, we can build on that. Second in the league, we're going absolutely nowhere with it. We're going absolutely nowhere with it. Had a great Europa League campaign to just revert back to type in the final. Essentially completely diminishing all the progress we made in in the fun exciting games beforehand so what did we gain there still have the complete inability to play with any sort of pressure on the team so what have we gained nothing 
We're in the same spot again. Lateral move from lateral move. Go spunk the money in the summer. Go spunk the money in the summer. But you'll see, as much as I love the potential players we're bringing in, I think Rafael Varane's an absolute superstar. I think Jaden Sancho has top three player in the world potential. But under this coach, we're winning nothing. Sad fact. The NBA playoffs. <laughs> uh, on, a, on a much lighter note. On a note that makes me not want to sh- jump off a fucking bridge. My man Ice Trey Young has been electric so far in the playoffs. And the Clippers, they're getting dusted by another very, very exciting young player in Luka Doncic. The league's in good hands. Anyone saying the league's in Zion Williams' hands is on crack. They're on crack. Uh, but Zion's pretty good. I might have been wrong about that kid. Not what he was tipped to be pre-draft, but he's a pretty good basketball player. Exciting to watch. You know, you, you can do something with that guy. Uh, but ultimately, uh, it's been a great playoff so far. I've had a good time. Uh, I've been watching uh, mostly uh, the the games in in highlight form. I, I watched the first half of the, the next game last night and thought the Hawks were going to do them again. I had the Hawks to win the East, by the way. Uh, another one of my great preseason bets. Thankfully, I didn't pair it with Manchester United, so I won't fucking want the. I just won't want to die after that miserable fucking showing. Uh, but you know, we could we could do something there. They're each way. You know, if if they lose to Brooklyn in four, I'll be happy enough. Uh, but apart from that, good playoff so far. Dallas absolutely fiddling with the Clippers. Uh, much to the delight of American sports correspondent Harry Cleary, uh, who just sent me a message just saying the Clippers with an eye emoji. Yes, Luca is going to send Pat Bev to work at his local wind stop. Uh, Pat Bev's just, in his head, he's just saying strippers' titties all the time. And Luca's got a bit of girth to him uh, and a bit of heft around the breast area, so I can I can understand why, why Pat Bev can't fully focus. Uh, but obviously... Defensive juggernaut, he'd bring it round. He fucking won't. The guy's shit. Uh, but the good news is, his old partner in crime, in terms of inefficient bullshit off the Clippers bench, is now in Atlanta. Going one for six in a playoff game. First time I've ever seen that happen. Fucking Lou Will, the worst basketball player on planet Earth. What does Lou Will add to a team? I've been a ragey guy this episode. And understandably so. I watched one of the more miserable surreal fucking games of football i've ever encountered last night and i don't think i'll recover for quite some time i will mcdickfit i'm announcing my permanent retirement from gambling unless jordan spieth finishes top five uh, at the charles schwab classic uh, in which case we'll be back at it over the weekend but with that being said i am currently retired uh pending some action coming in uh we, we don't know what's going on if, if Spieth finishes top five, we could still be about. Uh, long live Flanks as a solo. Glory, glory, Man United. I'm Wilma Deckfit. Peace out.